sing I've been having the song go through my head and singing it this morning justified justified song 911 you guys can sit if you want but with songs like these I, I can't sit I have to I have to stand but I'm not going to make you stand if you don't want to but if you feel like you need to stand and sing go right ahead let's right, start with the uh, verse Bye. 
First place. 
the hands of the surgeon and everything would go well. Amen. We can remember these needs. This is saying, Father in heaven, we love you.
Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just want to come with grateful hearts before you today, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful opportunity, Lord, that is given to us once again to come before the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. But Lord, we're so glad that we can call you our King and our Lord, oh God. Lord, I was... Reminded, Lord, of what our prophet said, Lord Jesus, the night you, that you um, that you came our way, oh God, how many millions of people you bypass, oh Lord. But you came to us, Lord. You came to knock on our door. You're so faithful, Lord Jesus. You don't forget your own. And you said, Lord Jesus, in your word, all that the Father had given me will come to me. And I will in no wise turn him away. That's the only reason we can stand today, Lord. Oh, we're so glad for our Heavenly Father, Lord. What a privilege that we can wake up in the morning and call you Father, Lord. Oh, God, we can come before you, not as servants, but we can come as children of the living God, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord God. You're so worthy, Lord, of our praise. You're so worthy to be worshipped, Lord. You're so worthy to be revered as the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Father, we just love you so much today, Lord, for what you have done in the lives of your children, Lord. Thank you for for the ministry, Lord, that you've given us, a faithful ministry that is watching out for our souls, oh God, providing spiritual food in due season from you to us today, Lord. Thank you for every ministry, Lord. Thank you for Brother Tony, Lord. Oh, God has... You brought him to this place to sung lead, O oh Lord. We pray that you anoint him for this. Pray that you lead him, guide him, Lord Jesus, to bring the congregation to that atmosphere, Lord, where we can come before you, Lord. Father, we remember those needs, O oh Lord Jesus, that are present among us, Lord, that you're working with, Lord. Brother Melko, Lord, and our brother Henry, Lord, and all the different ones that are unspoken, Lord. Different sisters, Lord, that have different needs, oh God. Father, we're a needy people in this hour, Lord. We don't want to be like Laodicea and Lage, Lord, where they say they have need of nothing, Lord. But Father God, we have a great need today, Lord. Our great need is that you come and speak to each heart, Lord, today. Drive away any unbelief from our lives, Lord, that would hinder us from receiving what you have for us today, Lord, I pray. Help us, Lord, to enter in in that channel of faith, Lord. 
where we can receive what you purpose in your heart for us today, O oh God. Help every brother and every sister, Lord, that is here to receive, Lord, what we have what we have need of, Lord, in this hour. Thanking you for our brother Murphy, Lord, that is here today, Lord. We're so glad, Lord Jesus, that you made a way for him to be here today. We pray, Lord, you take a call of fire, Lord Jesus, from the altar. Place it upon his mouth, Lord, that he will speak the oracle of God, Lord Jesus, for the need of this hour, Lord. Father, we thank you for our brother and for the sacrifice, Lord. May you set him aside, Lord. May we not hear from Brother Murphy today, but may we, Father God, see beyond the veil, Lord. See you, Lord Jesus, there speaking to our hearts, Lord. Have your way this morning, Lord. Oh, God, help us, I pray, Lord Jesus, to hear the voice within the voice, Lord. Help us to receive this morning, Lord, that when we leave, we would have a substance with us, oh, God. We, we ask it in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by faith, believing, Lord, that you are going to speak to our hearts, Lord. Give us receiving hearts, Lord Jesus, oh, God, we pray. Jesus' precious name, we ask it, Lord. Before we sit down, can we see? He came to me. He came to me. Uh, Brother William and a group have a song for us. We sing the song as they come. Oh, he came to me. Yeah. 
Invite Brother Murphy to come with us to sing How Great is Our God, the Splendor of the King. Amen. On our knees we will win. Enjoy that. Thank you.
I'm coming to the world, uh, another world almost like, to see all my brothers and sisters. I'm uh, so excited to see you all. I also feel I have to reintroduce myself. I'm Brother Murphy Wong. I'm not a guest speaker. I'm a member of this local body. And so good to see every one of you. You can have a seat for a little while. And uh, uh, I just want to uh, say uh, thank you so much to uh, uh, give me this chance so that I can uh, come across the border. I don't, I don't say this as, as a sacrifice. I say this as my happiness and joy that can uh, to cross the border. It seems like it's such a short distance, but it's take a year and a half for me to cross. And it's uh, so nice to be here. And uh, oh my, say uh, I just can't express myself to say your face. I I almost feel I have to hide myself from your face to look at you. But uh, the Lord has been gracious, and He has uh, kept at us uh, all this time. Uh, we're uh, we've been remembering you, and we've been praying for you, and Sister Claire and Sister Lisa uh, Weber, and we're so so thankful. And the Lord uh, kept at all of you. And uh, uh, it was a wonderful time yesterday. I'll be with the young people. Uh, I think I myself enjoy it. Uh, never been enjoyed so much. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the preaching of a word or just by already just saying the young people uh, once again. Um, thank you so much. And for also, uh, uh, I want to thank Brother Jeff, uh, uh, Sister Julia and their family. Uh, just make me feel so welcome. And then... Uh, uh, take me out for lunch, Brother Jeff. Uh, thank you so much. And also, uh, uh, Sister Kim uh, just packed me uh, all the snacks. Uh, I think I gotta take this. Uh, uh, she packed me about a whole month of snack. Uh, I, I just couldn't uh, resist it, but it was so uh, great. And uh, Brother Tom Frey and the Frey's family and uh, all of you. Uh, I, I want to have some fellowship with you. Uh, so it's not a fellowship me to death, but fellowship me to the, uh, to life. Uh, this is the whole week of time. I'm going to spend a time with you all. And I just want to uh, hear your testimony and to see how the Lord has been uh, protect you and kept you all this time, Brother Robinson. And uh, it's uh, good, so good to see our family. And uh, I just pray the Lord to bless every one of you. And Brother Ed, Brother Tom, and uh, all the minister there. Uh, I know the congregation too. I just want... Uh, to greet all of you. I just uh, have a little, I had a prayer before uh, come over here with Brother Tom and Brother Michael. You know, it was so strange. Uh, I, I, I just left them two days. I already started missing them. So I told uh, the brothers when we pray, uh, you know, it got to be a rapture. It got to be a homecoming time. And then uh, we don't have to be say goodbye anymore. We don't have to separate ourselves uh, anymore. And we're all looking for that a great moment. Uh, Sister Tracy, Brother, uh, Brother Steve, thank you for the prayer. And uh, the beautiful song, uh, the Schmaus Girl, the Brook. And uh, uh, I think it's Brother Billy. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget you. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, just just a lovely. I think it will go together also with the message this morning. And Brother Ryan, thank you for the musician. And so appreciate everyone. But I don't want to take too much time. Because I have a whole week to say thank you. I love you. I love you to, to death and everything. But let's go back to the word. And so that we're uh, uh, going to uh, speak uh, from the word of God. And hope that you will uh, bless uh, everyone of us. Uh, maybe we can just stand uh, once more. Uh, go to um, uh, book of uh, First King, chapter 18. 
And I uh, also want to say uh, thank you, Anthony. Uh, I used to call him a shrimp. And then he became a lobster. I don't know what should I call him now. Uh, he's uh, gotten married uh, to a beautiful, beautiful young girl, Sister Rosie. And uh, they have the wonderful family uh, together. And I think today it is their uh, one year of a wedding uh, anniversary. It is so good to see the young man, young couple, Brother Eunice uh, and uh, Sister Hopi, and then all of you, Nathan, Rachel. Uh, I just, I, I just better stop to mention names because I'm going to miss someone. Uh, so good to see the young couples that rise up to serve the Lord and to serve the people of God's people and to give them all their heart. Uh, it's a, such a good example. And uh, just continue on pressing on. Let's turn to a uh, book of First uh, Kings, uh, chapter eighteen. Uh, uh, let's read from uh, verse. Um, uh, 19. Just before we read, maybe we can bow our head again. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you know my heart. Oh, but Lord, if this is my heart, what is the heart of a God? Lord, how are you looking forward to see your children back home? Lord, we're coming to the end of this age. All the Years, uh, thousands of years, and now it comes to the conclusion, Lord. You choose these people, the best people, to the last run. Lord, I just pray you help us, Lord. Help us along this way, because we know it won't be too long. We're going to see face to face with our beloved Savior, one way or another. So, Lord, I just pray you bless the service uh, this morning. Lord, we've been looking forward for this. I've been looking forward for this. I just pray, Lord, that you come on the scene again and speak to your children. Meet to the needs. As the prayer has won for us, Brother Steve has to pray to we are needy people, Lord. We surely are. But, Lord, we're not hopeless people because when we have a need, we know Lord, one that is in heaven, the one that is called the Almighty God, the one that died for his bride, come on the flesh, in the flesh of Jesus Christ, he will meet our need. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your name. Ask you to open up your word to us, reveal yourself in a personal way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Book of First Kings, chapter 18, verse 19. Now, therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long how the between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them atroce one bullock for themselves, and cut it in peace, and lay it on wood, and put no fire in under, and I will dress to the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire in under. And call thee on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, 
it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Chose ye one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal, from the morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear it us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they lived upon the altar, which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cried aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in the journey or peradventure he slippeth and must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and the lancets until the blood gushed out upon them. And you look at this. They went through all the emotion. They went through all the feeling. They went through all the dancing and everything. But God doesn't answer their worship. But we read it on. And it came to pass when a midday passed. And they prophesied prophesied until the time of the offering out of evening sacrifice. That there was neither voice nor any to answer. Nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people. Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And the altar is always there. But the altar was broken. But nobody realized that. They do all the worship. They go through all the things that they need to do. But the altar is broken. And only at the evening time, the prophet come to repair the altar. Let's read it further. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid them on the wood, and set till... And they said, fill four barrels with water and poured it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And that it did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around, ran, uh, ran round about to the altar and it filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass that at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that his people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and to the wood, and to the stone, and to the dust, and to lick it up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on our face, and they said to the Lord, He is the God, the Lord, He is the God. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated. I know today there's only one service, but I wouldn't want to be uh, too long. Uh, if I cannot finish the, behind the pulpit, I'll finish at your home. <laughs> so uh, so uh, I want to speak of the title, Repair the Altar. Repair the Altar. Uh, you know, altar 
is um is a very special thing. And the the one that made the altar, the altar can be made by stone. Uh, the altar can be uh, made by brass. It can be gold. That it can be wood. Uh, it can, which uh, is made for one purpose. The altar is only for sacrifice. Now uh, let me say that again. The altar is made only for one purpose. Something has to be died on top of the altar. Something has to be burned. Something has to be burned to nothing. Burn to smoke, burn to ashes, so that the odor can rise up before the Lord. Then the Lord can accept it, and that the person can be forgiven, and that the person can be reconciled. So the altar is one of the center that in the worship, and that it has to be when you when we talk about the altar is for the making a sacrifice on top. And the one you make the sacrifice is not a sacrifice of put on an altar. There's something that's without value. Whenever you have an altar, you put a sacrifice on the altar. It must be something that is really valuable. It cannot be something just uh, you, you throw one paper on it. You call it a sacrifice on the altar. That is not a sacrifice. When you sacrifice something, it is something that you hold dear. When you sacrifice something, it is something that you're struggling. Should I put it on or should I not? Because I treasure this. When you sacrifice something, there is something that you wouldn't get rid of. When you sacrifice something that you cannot get uh, get a sacrifice without struggling, because it hold dear to you. But the Lord requires that, so you put it on the altar. And to make it as, as a sacrifice. So Brother Branham said um, uh, in the handwriting on the wall. When he was talking about to the altar. He said, see Brother Branham, do you have to come to the altar? When we're talking about altar, uh, somebody in, uh, in the church, we're talking, okay, this is the altar uh, that, we're, uh, uh, that, we're, uh, that we're coming for. We give our heart to the Lord. We dedicate ourselves to God. And oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that there is a people on the Zoom too that uh, in the Cloverdale there. May the Lord bless you too. And I, I pray the Lord to let you feel His presence just like I uh, feel all over here. And so when uh, when we're talking about the altar. And we're thinking, okay, we're coming to the altar, we give it our heart to the Lord, and then we think about the altar that in the Old Testament, uh, that the Israelites and the people, uh, they made it a stone, and they made it a wood, uh, and then they put a sacrifice on the top. That is the altar. But let's see what is the prophet says about the altar. He says, um, uh, he said, Brother Branham, do you have to come to the altar? He said, no, 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 no. He said, it's your heart. Your heart is God's altar. And then he said in Azusa Jubilee, he said, uh, uh, let us stand to our feet just moment. You can never, you can never make an altar call in a place of this type. There is not enough room for it, but your heart is the altar. Your heart is where God lives. And then he said in another message in Revelation chapter 4, he said, so you must have been God's altar, is that right? And before this altar, they build a substitutionary, another altar. Here is the true altar of God, is the heart of a man. Amen. That is the altar. 
I want to establish it right in the beginning of the service. I said, may he be the one that fills their temple. And then the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost will fall on, will fall, fall on the altar of their heart. Something sacrificed to hear. Something valuable. Something you hold dear. But you say, Lord, I give it all unto you. I put it on top of my heart. I put it on an altar. Something that treasure. Something has been that holding the dear for valuable for years. But Lord, I put it on an altar. With a sincere heart. Then God sent down fire to consume it. He said that that's, that there is where the real altar is. He said the Lord is on the heart of each individual. And then he said in another message, he said your heart is an altar. Your heart is where God comes to. So when we said to the altar, though it can be made in different material, but the altar is not uh, to be fancy. The altar is not something that to be decoration. Altar means business. Altar means there must be something be burnt. Something that is valuable, so valuable. But when you offered it, it burnt to nothing. When you offered it, it become ashes. Only when it burnt, only when it become ashes, then it become odor, rise up before God. Then a man can gain access to the Lord. Because there is something is sacrificed along that. Something that is so valuable. That all of a sudden the fire of God is coming down. To burn that into ashes. I'm going to come to that in a, uh, by the, in a uh, end of this uh, message of this uh, today. So as I said to the altar, is it to put something that is valuable, something that has the great value, something that is you you hold dear, and you wouldn't put anything that's without a price. This is on that, and that's why that some people they said, oh, uh, I uh, I worship God. Where is your altar? Some people just oh, I love God. Where is your sacrifice? Some people I give my heart to the Lord. Really. Really? Don't tell me that you said, I give my heart to it. I do it everything. I want to see your altar. I want to see a sacrifice that is on that. I want to see the fire coming down to burn the whole thing. That's something that you hold dear so much. Something that has been, you are years after years, which is your habit. And it's something that is you hold it dear. Something that you think that is your job, it's your career, it's everything that you cannot get rid of. But God said, I want that. Something maybe it's your relationship, something maybe it's your family, something maybe it's something that you hold dear, you wouldn't let it go. But God said, I want that to put on an altar. Not somebody else's altar, but on your altar. Maybe it's your healing. Maybe it's your love. Maybe it's the things that you has been in your has been in your life for the time after time, year after year. You wouldn't let it go. You wouldn't let it go. But God is just waiting for. You say, Lord, I'm waiting for the fire to coming down. I want my life to be changed. Where is your altar? Then where is that sacrifice that you put it on? Then a fire coming down. And God take it. 
And it burned to ashes. You cannot take it back. Because it's burned. Because it's consumed. Something that you hold dear. But you willingly to put it up. Lord, this is for you. Lord, I cannot do this. But I offer this to you. Lord, this thing that I've been holding for years. But Lord, I offer that to you. Then the fire coming down. And it never return. And you become a changed person. Because when God takes it out of the way. And that's what you cannot do. It become an offering. It's not a sacrifice anymore. But it become an offering. That offering made you and God. He coming down. That united him and yourself. So we said an altar, it is something that uh, has to be killed, had to be sacrificed, so that a worshiper can gain access to the Lord, can be reconciled to with the Lord. And you cannot uh, just build altar uh, just anywhere. You must be built at according to God's word in the place that He had ordained that you to build. And you have to sacrifice the right sacrifice on that. And we know Jesus Christ. He is the perfect lamb. That has been sacrificed to put on altar. Without a sacrifice on the altar. The brazen altar is only a judgment. But with the blood of the lambs on the brazen altar. That is not a judgment. But it become a reconciled. That an atonement on top of the altar make us again as an access so that we can go to God. But you see, in today's world, everything is a discount. The church become a discount. People, they're a loving discount. I love discount. I don't buy things without a discount. So you always have to wait till the time goes on. It's not trendy anymore. Then I, I buy it. Because it's got a discount on it. Usually the things that has a discount. Is not a fashionable anymore. Usually the things that a discount. Is almost going to be expired. Usually something that's at a discount. Is that the people they don't want it. So they have to sell it. So they give it a discount. So whenever you saw church. Become a discount. You don't want it. Whatever you saw as some experience that the devil offered to you become just a discount, you shouldn't have it. Because the valuable thing always comes with a sacrifice. The things with a high price is always come with a sacrifice. The gospel that we heard has never been without a sacrifice. But the church today, they try to offer discount to people. They try to give it easy access for the people. So that it won't be too hard for you. They try to preach the gospel. That is uh, just a preacher. They have to be politically correct. It has to be somehow without an offend people. Somehow that the preaching of the gospel can just be pleasing everybody. So that it won't offend anybody. That's become a, what is a, in this age. And in the book of um, the first king. Uh, and uh, you're talking about, I don't have time to, to go into that, but even in the, uh, Jeroboam, and then he, uh, uh, when the, 
when uh, Israel, Israel becoming a two kingdom, uh, there is uh, ten tribes that are given to it, a Jeroboam, and there is a two tribe uh, that uh, left, uh, that kept it to a uh, real bomb. And then it because of the things, uh, uh, actually, is it because of the real bomb? He uh, did the things uh, that is wrong. Didn't take the counsel of uh, uh, of the older older man, and then uh, become a, there was a rebellious. There's the coming out of the kingdom. Then the Lord gave it a ten tribe to a Jeroboam. But you see, when the Jeroboam started to building his kingdom, that he got in his in his back of his, back of his, his mind, he wanted to give a people an easy access. He said to go to Jerusalem to worship is too hard. He said to go there, you know, yeah, uh, uh, you, you, you go there every year and, and go there uh, to the house of a God in the Jerusalem. He said it was just too much trouble for you. But the, the purpose behind it is not he's thinking about the, the people. The purpose behind it is that he wants to keep that kingdom. Whenever the devil tried to give you the easy access, you will know there was always that there's an axe, he's a grind behind him. Right. Uh, is that the phrase? Got an axe to grind. He got something that, uh, in his behind him, in his sleeve or, what he, or whatever that English word said, he got a purpose behind it. Right. When the devil tried to give you the easy access, give it a promotion, give you this, or give you that. It seems that everything says go forward, go into the easy. Devil always have something behind it. Right. He doesn't want the, the Jeroboam, doesn't want the people go to there to worship so that it'll go back to the house of David. The Satan wants to give you the easy access and make everything so flowery, so easy for you. He don't want you to go to God. He doesn't want God to become a person known to you. He just wants you to become a, just to have a little knowledge that what you have. Yesterday I was speaking to the young people. What Satan is trying to do, he wants you to just have some intellectual faith. But you have intellectual faith as a channel, but that is not the destination. Intellectual faith that you have to have that, but you have to keep believing on it. You keep believing it on God until you reach to the destination. And then you have a true experience with God. To have a true experience with God is always hard. To believe God without something, somebody patting on your back is always hard. But it's a personal walk with the Lord. To try to reach to God, to have a personal, that God become a reality to you. Instead of just a head knowledge, it's always a heart. But that's the way to go. But Satan, he always tried to give people an easy access. To easy believe. You know, you just say, Brother Branham is a prophet. You just come to Cloverdale Bible Way. Or now you can't even come to the Cloverdale Bible Way. You just come to the Mount Baker camp. You claim that you're still a believer. Then you're safe. You're not safe until you get to that person. Amen. And when Jeroboam start to give it easy access to the people. That is to build up the two golden calf. That in the two places, Dan and Ephraim, and then that I ask the people come to worship. Then what he did, he uh, built up an altar, and then make the sacrifice, and the four, the two golden calf that he has to build for the people. And you see, then sort of, it's from the easy access, make everything that is easy for the people. Then 
There is some object that he can worship. It's the golden calf that he can worship. Then from the golden calf. And then it become an altar. It become a worship. It become a sacrifice. It seemingly everything still have to the ritual of whatever that an Israelite should have. But God cannot accept that anymore. The altar is wrong. Though they have all the emotion, though they have everything that they have, they're still doing the sacrifice. But because the purpose behind it is not to the right end anymore, it's not accepted by God. That I'm thinking about it today. People started chasing money. People started chasing just marriage. People started chasing just some uh, a certain feeling, certain relationship. Or certain emotion that they have. That's the Satan. They try to give us an easy access. To get to the Lord is always hard. To get to the Lord. To get to believing Him. Sometimes it is without uh, without the feeling of it. Sometimes when you're in the COVID during this time. You can't feel the thing. Sometimes you have to. Day after day. You have to depressing on. You have to plowing on. It seems to the Lord, it doesn't hear it at a prayer. It seems to the Lord, it's a far away from us. That is not that easy. Right. Satan is always to try to get everything easy for you. Right. But then, from the golden calf, it becomes an altar. They still worship. They still do everything that are on order to sacrifice. But without a God in there. And then, God sent out a prophet. Sent out a man of God to uh, where Jeroboam's at. In the first king, chapter 13 and 2. And it's a prophet, he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. And said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David. Josiah by name, and that upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense, that upon thee and a man's bones shall be burned out upon thee. They had it a wrong altar. Though maybe as the shape and the form, still the same. Maybe the same, but still offer the burn of sacrifice, still the same. But this is the wrong altar that he built. Then God sends it as a man of God. He against that altar in the word of the Lord. I wonder sometime if Satan has not tried to build that altar at the people's heart. In one way, they can chasing the world. In the other hand, they can still build an altar that can make sacrifice. In one way, they can love the world and do everything in the world. And on the other hand, they still can come to the church and build on an altar. And everything go through every ritual. And still thinking they'll go to heaven. Isn't that what is the world trying to offer to the people? You go to the different churches, the different denominations. Isn't that what they try to do? They discount this gospel. They make this gospel become a chippant. And then they offer coffee to the foyer. They do this and that. They said, oh, everybody go to heaven. You know, you just love the Lord. You just. 
And then it's the wrong altar. And the man of God come. He cried against that altar. And then he gave a sign the same day saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent. And the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. God against Jeroboam's altar. God against the person without a fully dedicated to him. God against the altar that they are one way they're in the world and on the other hand they're in the, they try to claim themselves as a believer, as a Christian. God is against those type of altar. Though they can be the religious, they can do all the things that they want to do and make it a sacrifice, but that's not the altar that God won. And you're thinking about a Jeroboam when he built up his kingdom with the purpose behind it said, I don't want those people to go back to the house of David. He built up his whole kingdom is on top of that. Everything he do is on top of that. It's based on that. But you see, you cannot actually, it's because the real bomb he made a mistake. Is it actually, is it a day, is it Solomon's son? He made it wrong. He didn't hear it at the council. But listen to this. Jeroboam tried to build the kingdom on somebody's mistake. That is not work. You cannot build your faith on somebody's mistake. You cannot build a faith on your past. You cannot build a faith on something wrongdoing. You have to build your faith on that says of the Lord. You have to build your faith on what is the word of God said about you. Kingdom cannot be built on a mistake. He said, I hurt. Somebody done me wrong. You cannot build your faith on that. Jeroboam cannot build his kingdom on that. God has given that to you. Those who were mistaken, those things in the past, that is to be the past. But you must pressing on. Build your faith on that says the word of God in this hour. So when God said he's going to send it as a man of God to cry against the altar. And to rent to the altar. And then ash poured it out. God rejected that altar. That altar is not God's want. Everything that made a sacrifice is on that altar. altar. God rejected it. That is the altar was broken. Let's turn it a turn a corner over here. We find out in the scripture that we just read. In Elijah's time. And then there's when the Mount Carmel showdown come. And then uh, those are prophets of Baal. They start to build the altar. To make a sacrifice. And they're uh, dancing around at an altar. Lipping that in that altar. And they even... Uh, Use a lens or an knife to cut themselves until the blood starts to the gushing out. Though they haven't made a sacrifice and had put it on top of that, but there's a, no one has come to an answer them what they have prayed. And only until the Elijah the prophet had come, <coughs> then he is the one 
that he put in a sacrifice on it. He repaired it an altar. And then the altar was broken. And then he gathered the stone and up together. He is the only one that can repair the altar. And when the altar was repaired, then the sacrifice would have put it on top of the altar. Then the fire of God coming down consumed what is the, has, uh, what a sacrifice has been on. So the Bible said to Elijah and said unto all the people, he said, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired an altar of the Lord that was broken down. I'm thinking about how many altars has been broken down. During the last little while, how many altars has been broken? During the years before the prophet come, there are denominational altars. And there is a baptismal altar, there is a Pentecostal altar, and the different altars, they try to make a sacrifice on that. And different man's idea, the doctrines, the theologians, we can see them, all of that are just uh, a sacrifice. They put it on there. You're thinking about the seminary students that is in the school. Years by years, they studied the Bible. They started to study different books. They made a sacrifice for it. But they don't realize all of those things is on a broken altar. It's only coming in this age when a prophet come. And he is the one that can repair that altar. Before altar can be repaired, no sacrifice can be accepted. It's not a house sincere that you sacrifice. It's not a house sincere you try to put up the sacrifice. But it must let the altar to be repaired first. Otherwise, all those people that are bills of the prophet, they go on the lipping and the cutting themselves. But the altar still is broken. The heart of it, the people, is has to be has to be turned back. Without it, the heart, the broken, the to be turned to the back. No sacrifice can put it on there can be accepted. We're thinking that in this hour. How many altar has been broken? And how many of the people with a broken altar that come into the church and are still thinking they're worshiping God, but their altar hasn't been repaired? They're coming to the church that are making a sacrifice, the help of his missionary works, and do everything that they can, but their heart hasn't been right. Their heart hasn't been repaired yet. Where's the broken heart? They come to the church to send an offer, try to get acceptance from the Lord. But Lord cannot accept that. The fire cannot coming down to consume what He put it on there. Only when their heart was healed, repaired, turned back, then the sacrifice that put it on there can be accepted. And only the prophet can do that. Repair. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it's the word Rapha. That's the word of the Jehovah Rapha. He's the Jehovah, the healer. Repair means to heal. 
to make healthful. God doesn't give us a, a new altar. He repair that altar. He sent it to the prophet. Is not get rid of that old one to start a new altar. He coming to repair that altar. I'm thinking about how many people that are coming to church with a broken altar. With actually with a broken heart. And they try to worship God, but it was a broken heart. They're coming here to sacrifice, but their heart has never been right yet. I'm thinking about the people who left the message year after the year. They believe, they do, they do the work, they help with the cause, they do everything, but their heart hasn't been repaired. Prophet hasn't, they haven't led to the prophet's message to literally repair their broken heart. They come with a mental faith. They come with an intellectual faith. They come into the church with the head knowledge year after the year, but the heart hasn't been repaired. They made sacrifice, but no fire coming down to consume it. They come to claim, I believe in the Lord, but there's no evidence coming from heaven to change their life, to transform them. The heart hasn't been repaired. Some with a grudge year after the year, they come into the church. Some with the holding against a certain person, holding it against with a certain family or different things. They come into the church with a broken altar. Try to make a sacrifice, but no fire coming down. They're coming to church with a broken altar, with the different things that are hanging on them, but no fire to coming down. They try to make peace. They set up an offering. They worship the Lord. They come out with a broken altar. They're coming in with an expectation, with looking forward for the fire to coming down, to transform them, to change the situation with a broken heart. But with a full mind, everything's normal. Every sense is sharp. But the altar hasn't been repaired. Repair means a healing. When the altar is broken, God sent the prophet to heal. God doesn't send the prophet to get rid of you, start all new again. The stone is all laid there. The heart was broken. The altar was broken. But all the stones still there. Baal's prophet cannot gather them together to set it up, to make an altar, to put a sacrifice on. Though they went through all the emotions, everything they can. But he takes the prophet at an evening time to gather the broken stones and put them all together. Then put sacrifice on. Then the fire coming down to consume that. 
to God today to repair your altar and your heart is all there. He never can read of you. He's not rebuking you. He's coming to repair the altar so that you can make a sacrifice. Then God coming down, transform your life. You will never be the same again. It's not a building and not an altar. It's repairing the old altar. Repair means healer, physician. He's a healer of individual distress. You feel distressed? You feel depressed? But he's the healer of the individual distress. It's not a blindly just give it to her. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll heal you. No, he go to the individual. He knows your name, Brother Matt, Sister Christine. He knows your name, Hopi, Eunice. He's an individual healer of your personal distress. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what is going through. Nobody knows how broken that heart is. Nobody knows how broken that altar is. Everything on the surface is seemingly all right. All the stones are still there. All the confession still there. But you take the prophet to take it all what you confessed. That it become an altar. That you made a sacrifice on top of it. Then a fire coming down to consume that. Elijah is the prophet. Repair the altar. And only this prophet can repair the altar. He has the key how to place all those stones. He has the key know how to shaping your confessions. We know in Malachi 4, before the fearful and the dreadful day, great and dreadful day of the Lord, he will send prophet Elijah to turn the heart of the fathers back to the children. And to turn the hearts of the children back to the father. What does the turn mean? Turn means to return on to. Means to go back. Means to come back. Come back to where? Come back to the spoken word is the original seed. Not come back to your feeling. Not come back to the certain, uh, you know, your, is I feel this or, or I think is this this way. It's come back to the original. There's only one remedy. That is the word in this hour. To return means to go back. Go back to where? Go back to where you have lost. Go back to where that you have been led astray. Return means it also to turn back or the return of the human relationship or the spiritual relationship. That is the return. Return back to the normal, the right human relationship. 
and or spiritual relationship. I think that's specifically for this hour. I'm thinking how many human relationship has been broken during the last little while. And how many spiritual relationship has been broken in the last little while. But God sent it the prophet to repair the altar. To turn the heart back to this original place. Return to turn is also means to repent. And it also means the reputation. Return of a reputation. It's not means return or turn, just turn one time and then you're safe. When God sent it to the prophet to turn the heart of the children back to the fathers, he was repeatedly doing that. He's not only just doing it one time, then it's finished. No, he's constantly, nonstop to turn us back, to turn us back. So when God sent it to the word to us, it's not just a one time when you believe in the message, everything is done, it's fine. Every day, every month, every time, God used this word to turn us back. To turn us back. To turn is also means to restore, to refresh, and to repair, and a cost to return. And turn also means allow to return. The turn is not, mean, not only just ask you to return, to turn, but he's uh, allow to return. That means if somebody's got a hold of you, and God will send this prophet to said, you turn lose him. This is my property. You cannot hold him any longer. That is the term, means. It's not just to ask you, you have to turn, you have to turn. But he is the one to make the one has turned you away to let you turn him back. He gave us a message in this hour. This Christ Jesus in this last hour. He will ask the command Satan said, you turn loose of her. You turn loose of him. You have no rights on my property. And I ask you to turn your hand loose and let him to return back. And turn also means to defeat. Also means to bring back to mind. To that little person who has a spiritual amnesia so that they can turn and be wake up again. And it also means to reverse or revoke. You know, God is not only just to keep us, but He's also reverse. He's also turned the curse into a blessing. When you go through the certain things, you seemingly was so coming to the end of your life. But remember, God said, I'm not only just turn, I'm going to reverse this whole thing. I'm going to bring something good about this. The trials that you're going through, the difficulty that you're facing, is not God to just let you get it survived in this. But he said, I will make something greater out of that. The prophet of Malachi 4 is going to turn the heart of the children back to the father. The turning is to turn the heart. But it's the heart. It's the inner man. It's the mind. It's the will. It's the heart. It is understanding. 
I was thinking how confused the people in this hours are. But God sent us as a prophet with this message is to turn us from this confusion and back to a same mind. And at the heart, it also means inclination, resolution, determination of a will. When the prophet was sent to turn a heart back to the fathers, it means to turn our determination of a will, to turn our resolution back to God that again. It's not my will, Lord, but it's your will to be done. It's just like what Jesus has did. Even Jesus, he has to be turned. Jesus, the one in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, not my will, but your will. If possible, Lord, turn this uh, bitter cup out away from me. But not my will, but your will to be done. His heart has to be turned so that he can put his will on the altar. So Lord, just coming down, consume this whole thing. I sacrifice all my will, everything that I treasure to dear, even with my disciples. I would love to be with them, but for the making a sacrifice for the redemption, I'm going to sacrifice my own will. It's on the altar. If Jesus has to do that, how much more do we need to do that too? And at heart, is also means of a moral character. When God sends a prophet, he's turned us around, turn our heart around. It also means to turn our character. It's not that our character earthly, but to turn our character to be uh, heavenly. To let our mind to be focused on what is the heavenly things. Not all this earthly things. Oh, how much more that we need to be, let our heart to be turned. To let our heart to look at what is the world, to turn again, to look back what is the word of God has said. To turn our heart from a look at the situation, instead of to turn our heart that are above, to looking up at what is the heavenly realm, what is the Lord has given to us. That instead of looking at what is on the earthly things, but looking at God give us a promise, He's gonna change our body. We've been so earthbound by what is the things that are in this world has been attracted us, but now it is the time to let God turn us around, and this message was sent for that. Amen. To turn the heart also means the seat of emotions and passions. When God turns us, He makes it a full turn. He doesn't just turn your soul, He turns your spirit too. And He turns your mind, He turns your five cents, He turns everything that are towards instead of on the earth, but on God Himself. And finally, He's gonna turn your body from this corruptible body to the incorruptible body. He will make a full turn. This word of this hour, God sent us to the prophet, is for to completely turn around. It's not just to turn our soul, but our mind and our body and everything that you have. God said, I'm sending this prophet to turn everything around. When it was John the Baptist... 
And he fulfilled the first part of Malachi 4. He turned the heart of the father to the children. And I think that the prophet is said in the turn to the hearts of the disciples and the to the Jesus Christ and the message and of that hour. He, he did the, the turn. And we'll see how wonderful that turn has made. When John the Baptist, God sent that prophet in that age as a messenger. And he done such a, oh, such a thorough work to turn a heart of the children back, to, uh, turn the heart of the father back to the children. Those Pentecostal fathers, Peter was included in there. John, all the disciples, they were included in there. And John the Baptist turned their heart, all, all those fathers, to Jesus Christ. And he turned uh, in a, such a, a completed a turn. When Jesus called Peter, kind of called them, said, you come follow me. They didn't even give a second thought. Why they haven't even a doubt? Why they do the suspicious? Why they didn't say, oh, let me do this. Or let me do that. Let me check your work. Their heart has been turned. And John had done such a thorough work. Well, after he done that, he turned a heart. As soon as Jesus come out of the scene, said, come follow me. Because their heart has been turned. They drop over the net and follow Jesus right away. Their heart has been turned in such a way by John the Baptist. When everybody starts living, when a 50 starts living, thousands start living, and Jesus even turned around, turned around and said to Peter, are you going to leave too? But their heart has been turned. Peter's heart has been turned. By the prophet that in that hour, he will be turned in so much. That it will be turned so thoroughly. He said, Lord, who shall we go? Why? He said, because you have the word of eternal life. Why he has to do that? Because his heart has been turned. That prophet Elijah in that hour done such a completed work. And when the crisis is to come, because the heart has been turned and they never given in. Because the heart has been turned that they can make their life as a sacrifice and to put on an altar. So Lord, you have the word of eternal life. Who should we go to? Oh, I'm so thankful that in this hour, God sent it to the prophet to turn our heart and back to the fathers. And he, that's why he done such a complete work for the right. He turned our hearts around. From the worldly to the heavenly. He turned our hearts around in such a good work. When during this COVID, you're still here. He turned our heart in such a way that no matter what trials come, what situation come, but you rather to die for him, to put your life as a sacrifice on an altar when people are living, then you said, Lord, you have the word of eternal life. Who should we go to? What a thorough turn of a heart this ministry has done. When people living the message, they deny the word. They said it as a prophet, it's a false and everything. But your heart 
has been turned. By the Malachi 4. When people deny and are rejecting. And are you still believing? And though your eyes didn't see. But you're still believing. I was telling the young people yesterday. I was thinking about. Satan witnessed everything God has done. Satan witnessed every healing. Satan witnessed every casting out of a demon. Satan is a personal witness to every prayer line. Satan is a personal witness of every discernment. He can tell people wrong, but he himself knows he's right. He's a personal witness of everything that the cancer dropped off. The TB was healed. He's a personal witness of everything. He's a personal witness when God created heaven and earth. He's a personal witness when God turned the earth from the confusion back to normal. He's a personal witness. Thousands of years, millions of years, but that doesn't convert him. Because there's nothing in him can convert him. But you are converted. Why? Because the prophet in this hour has turned your heart from the children back to the fathers. You never see it. You never went through the prayer line. You go through trials after trial. Difficulty after difficulties. But there is a predestinated seed inside of you. All is a personal witness of a Satan cannot have converted him. But he converted you, Rachel. He converted you because there is the attributes of God that are living inside of you. I told the young people yesterday, God has attribute. He's the word. Because of Christ is the word, isn't it? But do you also realize God himself is also a believer? Because the bread of Abraham said, he said when God had created, created a word, by the spoken word, he believed his own word. And that the word was shook into existence. God is not only a word, but God is also a believer. If that's the attributes of a God, what about the bride of Jesus Christ? They are the word, but they're also the believer. They're not just the word and that are put on the shelf. They're the one that believe every word has said. This prophet has done such a good work. He turned the heart of the children back to the father. If I can also see John the Baptist turn a heart or he healed that altar. He repaired that altar of all the people, disciples. So that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, can be put on their heart. They can receive it. But Judah never. His heart had never been turned. He's in the disciples. His follow along, his doing miracles, his casting out demons and everything, but his heart has never been turned. There's nothing in him to be turned. But you're different. 
You're not in his category, but you're the son and the daughter of a God. That God has sent it as a prophet too, so that your heart can be turned, turned back to the fathers, turned back to the original faith. And it's only the prophet that can do this turning. The reason is because only him has the word of God in that hour. Nobody else can turn. Only the prophet who the word of God are coming to can turn that person. Only the word, the word is a discerner of the heart. Because it's a discerner of the heart. So only the word can turn the heart. Can I say that? That's why God said as a prophet in this age. He's the one by the Holy Spirit. He can discern the heart. What discerning? It's not his own mind. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's the word itself is discerning the heart. So when there's a prophet come. God used the word to turn the people's heart back to the fathers. And when the prophet had done that work, when the heart has been turned, when the altar has been repaired, then you can sacrifice. But remember, but remember what you're, well, be careful what you sacrifice. You're not a sacrifice your own ability. You're not a sacrifice your own thing first. You sacrifice the perfect sacrifice first. You sacrifice the Lamb of God, which is the perfect Lamb of God first. Then you climb on an altar, identify yourself with that sacrifice. Then the word, the fire of God coming down to receive it. You cannot just sacrifice your own sincerity, your own ability, your own, I do this. No, you sacrifice the perfect lamb, which is the Christ Jesus. The altar without the blood of the lamb, the altar is only a judgment. But when the blood of the lamb has been shed and put on the altar, that altar turned to from the judgment to the grace of God. That become an atonement. But then you must identify yourself with that altar, with that sacrifice. It's like a Abel. When he made a sacrifice, he died with it because it's a sacrifice. He was a died, he was a killed by a, a can. And he actually died with because of that. And we talk about Isaac. When he himself then become a sacrifice and laid his life down, then God provided a Jehovah Jireh. God will see through. God provided a lamb to substitute. And Jesus Christ, he climbed on an altar, climbing himself as a sacrifice, that he become a sacrifice for us. And when we are receiving that sacrifice as a perfect lamb of God, we're identified with it, then the blood has covered us. But you must identify yourself with it. You cannot just say, oh, it's not my business. You know, I just, uh, no. You have to take yourself, uh, identify. That means to lay hands on it. When in the Old Testament, when a priest killed the lamb, 
the person has to lay their hands on their lamb, that the blood will go all over them, then they become a one with this sacrifice. And in the uncertain sound, remember talking about the, this, uh, this event of uh, Elijah. He said, when you meet God's conditions, call for the fire and it will fall. That the Pentecostal church forget their organizations, denominational difference. That it's people throw themselves into tears around an altar. And that is the people come with one accord in one place and begin to cry out to God. And get things right, there will be another Pentecost that will take place. And that the power of God will rock the nation. When the altar being repaired, when the message of this hour has turned your heart around. And when you receive the Lord Jesus as the perfect lamb put on an altar, you identify yourself with it. Climb yourself on that altar with your sacrifice. He said, you got to do it. And it's his command. But the man said, Elijah walked back and forth and said, holler a little louder. Maybe he's gone on a fishing trip or something. He's out pursuing or something. For he had, thus says the Lord, he was satisfied. He had the word of a God. God sent that as a perfect message in this hour. That's why that the prophet Elijah in that time can challenge some the prophets of Baal. That's why in this hour, God gave us a vindicated message. And it can challenge every situation. Whatever condition that you are in, there's an answer in this word of God. Whatever situation that you are in, but there is an answer of this Christ Jesus. That is that when you lay your soul upon his breast altar of judgment, is that what takes place? If he's the same God, he will take the sacrifice. You've offered it in sincerity upon his altar. He will consume the sacrifice. Who is it a sacrifice? The Lamb of God. But you identify yourself with that sacrifice. You're climbing on the same altar that you sacrificed to him. You climb on this altar that in your heart that has been repaired. So Lord, I received you. Then the blood of Jesus Christ cover you. Then you identify yourself with that. Says, Lord, I'm saved. Lord, I'm redeemed. Lord, you have delivered me. You must identify with our lamb. Whatever the lamb was meant for, you identify with him. If that lamb is your healer, then you say, Lord, I identify myself with it. By your stripe, I am healed, Sister Lisa. If you need a deliverance because of your sacrifice of this lamb of God, by receiving the word in this hour, the blood, the literal blood of Jesus Christ, the life of Christ, now applied on you, covered on you, you identify with it. So, Lord, I am clean. I'm in righteousness, not because of me, but because you call me righteous. He said, if God remain God, if God is the same God, he was in the day gone by. He said, you don't have to go out and shake hands with the preacher. You don't have to go out, put your name on a book. Them things are all right. It's a nothing against it. And then you go back and become a church member with your name on a book. And they give you a letter and you pack it. 
But as soon as something goes wrong there, you blow it up like I don't know what. And you take it all over to the next church. And as soon as something goes wrong over there, then you are taking it to the next church. You see, you haven't done right in the first place. If God remains God, lay your sinful soul on this altar and he will touch it with his word and with his power. Your heart is that an individual altar. He said, if God remains God, lay your sinful soul on his altar. He will touch it with his word and his power. And the world will be gone from you. And then you will be a new creature if he remains to God. And he also said, have, have not I sent thee? He said, he laid his sacrifice down at the time of the evening offering. Rolling up. Rolled up the twelve stones to show fellowship. All the twelve tribes of Israel. And he walked out there and said, Now, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, called him his prince name of Israel. Let it be known today that thou art God, and I am your prophet, and I have done all this at your word. He said, There you are. What was it? Acting upon his word. What happened to the fire file? Yes, sir, it consumed the sacrifice. He saw it and all the people saw the mighty work of a God when he acted upon God's word. As I said, the altar needs to be repaired. When the altar, when the heart become a right, before God. By the prophet. Then. You sacrifice as a lamb. On that altar. You receive that a perfect lamb. That of God's words in this hour. And apply that. The literal life of Jesus Christ. On your heart. Then you identify yourself. With it. And then. You can bring anything on that altar and it will be consumed. No matter what you are, no matter what condition you are, everything now you can lay it on that altar. And then the fire will come down. No matter how dear it is, how valuable it is. No matter how many things that has been said to you for years and after the years. But because of the altar has been repaired. Because of the blood of the life is on that altar. You can lay your habits on there. You can lay your lust on there. You can lay your passion on there. You can lay your mistakes on there. You can lay your wrongdoing on there. You just come to the altar as you are. And God will send down fire. To consume everything that is on there. Because he's not looking at you. He look at that at a perfect sacrifice. Which is Jesus Christ on that altar. We look at the Bible. We're talking about Elijah. The first thing he do. 
He repaired that altar. Then he put a sacrifice on. Then he put a wood. He put a wood. He put a, uh, the sacrifice on. Without the lighting of the fire on it. And then he asked her to put a water on top of it. And he put a jar of uh, the barrel of water. First uh, one time. Two times. Three times. And all the water was soaking all the sacrifice. And soaking the stone and the wood and everything. They even dig in a ditch. And all the waters go into the ditch. Then when we look at that, we're thinking, what is that water to do with the sacrifice? The least thing that a sacrifice that the wood need is the water. If Elijah put a fuel on top of it, I can understand. If Elijah put the gas on top of it, I can understand. But why put water on top of it? And not a one time, two times, but put a three times of the water to soak it up. As I said, everything that you put on that altar, God can consume it. No matter how many water has been soaking that is sacrificed, but that altar has already been repaired. The right offering has been put on top of that. No water can stop the fire to coming down to consume it. And let me say this to you. No trial can stop God's fire to coming down to consume it. No matter what situation that you are in. No matter how bad the situation it seems like. It seems like the water is the last thing. Try to stop that. But the water doesn't stop it. When the fire of God coming down, it consumed the storm. It consumed the wood. And the Bible said, it licked up all the water that has been poured on. No matter how many things is come on the bride of Jesus Christ. No matter what COVID is to come on Jesus Christ. No matter what isolation that you'll be on. No matter what your past is. No matter how much mistakes that you made. How many failure that you have. But if you put that on an altar, nothing going to stop God's fire coming down to consume it. You have your problem? You put it up on that sacrifice. He will send fire to consume that. You have a grudge in your mind? Put it up on an altar. He will send fire to consume that. You have an unsolvable situation. You put it up on an altar. He will consume that. It seems like an impossible situation. You put it out on an altar. God will send fire to consume that. Why? Because the altar has been repaired. Your heart has been turned from the children back to the father. The sacrifice, the love, the blood, bleeding word of God, you have received. That speaks for you. Then when you have all of that element on that altar, you can put everything, anything on that. God will repair that. His consuming fire will consume the whole thing that you put it on that altar. No matter what it is. Maybe you have your loved ones. Maybe you have your children. Maybe you have the things that are in your past. Whatever that is. If the altar has been repaired. 
If the right sacrifice has been made, you can lay everything on that altar. And in the heart of heart, you say, Lord, this altar has been repaired. Maybe I don't understand much. Maybe I don't understand the message much. But Lord, this altar has been repaired. I have the right attitude towards God's promise. I received this perfect lamb that God ascended it to me. And you applied the blood on. And you sacrificed and made the led to the literal life of Jesus Christ. And it be floated on the inside of you to cover that altar. It's not your own sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice of the Lamb. It's a Christ around there. Then you can lay everything on top of that altar. And God will send his fire down to consume it. Let a musician come. I've told you before. Their brothers in China right now is still in jail. But there was one thing was touching me very deeply in the beginning of that. That's the last year. Right there at the beginning in March when this whole virus of things was going around. And those brothers was, uh, was arrested and was thrown into jail. But during that time, a few months later, I received the first letter from our brother, who's a pastor. And in that letter, I didn't say any complaint. In that letter, I didn't say anything crying, woe unto me, woe unto me, I done No. In the whole letter, he talked about the grace of God. In the whole letter, he talked about the mighty God. In the whole letter, he talking about, I'm be bound for the word of God. And in one thing was stuck me very, very deeply. He quoted a scripture in the book of Hebrew. What he quoted, he said, wherefore, when he come into the world, he says, sacrifice an offering thou wouldest not. But a body has thou prepared me. That's the one night before he was arrested. Brother Ed preached at a service. A body thou has prepared me. I thought a brother in his letter, he said, thou, he said, when I, I can sense something going to happen to me before his arrest. Then he said, I heard that sermon that a brother Ed preached. A body thou has prepared for me. The Lord said, I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to burn offering. But he said, I give you a body. What are you going to do with that body? And this young brother, only 30 years old, he said, when I heard that sermon, he said, something spoke to me. He said, Lord, here I come. I offer myself as a sacrifice. And he said, I put myself on the altar. And that second day, police came, take him to jail. That's from last March. 
And until now, it's more than a year past. I receive a letter after letter after letter. There's no complaint. There's no uh, holding grudge. There's nothing but just encouragement. I'll say that is at a heart that has been repaired. That is at an altar has been repaired. That is the heart has been turned. And he sacrificed himself. And put him a whole self on the altar. How can person do that? Because of the Lamb of God he received. He has been on that altar. He identified himself with that. And put himself on that repaired altar. And the Bible continues to say. He said that. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. This is not only just Jesus Christ in the years and years ago, but this has happened to our time. And I want to ask our congregation, God has prepared you a body. What are you going to do with it? I trust that we can all say like this brother has quoted the scripture. Here I come, Lord, to do thy will. I'd offer myself as a sacrifice as on that altar. I identify myself. You give me this body. I put it all that on this altar. As I said, whatever you put it on, God will consume that. No matter how an impossible situation is. But if your heart has been repaired, your heart has been turned back to the fathers, you can lay everything upon that altar of your heart. Let us stand. Can we sing Jesus break every fetter of everybody?
congregation, both here and also on the Canada side. Has your altar been repaired? Or maybe I should say, has your altar is broken? Maybe that's we sacrifice the different things on the broken altar. But the first thing, first thing that we needed, that altar need to be repaired. The heart need to be repaired. We must have the right attitude towards God's word. And only the prophet can do that. Only the prophet can repair that altar. Only the word of God that in this hour to let us believe every promise of God. Whatever he said in his word and he's going to do it. I would like to ask everyone as we are searching our heart. Lord, how is the condition of that altar that is inside of me? As we bow our head. If the altar needs to be repaired this morning, he can come down to repair that altar. If that altar has something has done to that, if there is a past, if there is a mistake, if there is a things that are in us has been bothered at us, I trust that the Lord will coming down this morning and to repair our heart. Do you have anything that you cannot get rid of? Is there anything that is in there that we've been fighting, we've been fighting, and it's seeming like we cannot overcome it? Put it down on that altar. That a fire of a God to come to consume that. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that you have been dealing with me on that. Lord, I have went through probably the same thing like many people has went through. Lord, that this heart, once upon the time that it need to be repaired, this heart has been broken by the denominational idea, by the different things that had happened in the life. But how I'm so thankful that you sent this ministry, the prophet, to come and to repair this heart so that he can receive, he can put a the Lamb of God on that altar so that I can identify the wisdom and then the fire coming down to consume all my problems. Lord, I just pray you to let this the people do the same thing. Lord, I don't know what our situation is. No matter it's on this side of the border or it's on the other side of the border. But Lord, if there is a heart that needs to be repaired, I pray that the greater repair that it come down to repair their heart. Lord, so that they don't have a broken altar that are coming to the service anymore. But they have to repair that altar that are coming to the service. To receive the, what is the word of God has said. To let a sacrifice that be put down that altar. To identify themselves with it. And that a fire of God that consume that problem their difficulty, their trials, or whatever that they're going through, or whatever that they are having. We thank you, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. That thing, touching Jesus, this is all that it really matters.
so much. When we cannot do anything, then He's coming down to touch it at us. And while my heart was broken, I was thinking how broken that is. The denomination, the theology, the different things that are on my mind. And when I was in the world, or when I was even came to the, the denomination of the church, it seems that there is an answer, but there is no answer. And all they do is just keep the use of their doctrine, try to brainwash, try to do this and that, and that. You are totally confused. But when God sent this message to my way, and He totally prepared, repaired that altar, then I can receive the Lord. And from that time on, I'm the new new person. Can never be the same anymore. And I know you're in the same way. And I, if there's anyone that has an experience of that, I pray that to God to coming down. If He can meet me, if He can meet to the rest of the people, He can meet your need as well. But just take this with you or go home. And let us, let us just go before the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm so thankful that you, pre- you repaired this heart. I'm so thankful that I didn't put any other sacrifices on that, but I put this word of God, the bleeding word, on this altar. There's nothing else on this altar, but only the word of God in this hour. We should be the happiest of the people in this whole world. And then thinking about, no matter how many waters is put on there, but when the fire of God is coming down, it consumes and leaks it up, everything. All the trials, all the problems, it's seemingly the things that should have stopped us naturally, but it never stopped us. And sometimes it's seemingly the things that should destroy you, naturally speaking, but it never destroys you. Why? Because the fire coming down consumes everything that you put it on that altar. You have the trials that you cannot go through? You have the difficulty that you don't know how to get over it? You have the situation that you don't know how to get over. You have the rebellious son or daughter that you've been praying, that you've been praying. You seemingly never got an answer. But what naturally will stop, naturally will destroy that other person. But God sent to the prophet said to pour that on. And he pours so much that even there's a more that are flowing down to the ditch. You know what? God even burned up all the rest all the stored trials he even burned up all the reserved the trials even some extra all the extra water all the extra trial extra uh, sickness extra difficulty whatever that is extra God said you put on an altar I will lick it up everything there's nothing can against the bride of Jesus Christ we're so thankful to be called to the bride of Jesus Christ. To be a part of that. I'm so thankful I can fellowship, I can sojourn that a wizard of the people that has the kingdom face. To know what they're talking about. Know what they're believing about. You don't know how happy my heart is when I saw each one of you. I have to confess, even before I come, I was thinking, could that brother be here? Could that sister can be here? Is this... Is this still believing the message? Then I should say no. It's not that we try to hold the message, but a message of this hour holding us. When I saw all of you, my heart just filled with release. 
It's not that we try to hold him, but he's holding us. It's not that we try to pump it into the people up, but there is a person that you haven't met all this time. He's upholding you and he's preserving you. What a message that the Lord has given to us. And that's the thing again, uh, uh, again uh, uh, Brother Ryan, I, I know you're, uh, it's um, the broken, broken chain. Is that to the title of it? Uh, that's my favorite song. And only Brother Ryan can sing this. So I'll let him uh, lead us to sing it. I've been longing for that. And the fourth man in the fire. That's the two songs I'm longing to hear. So let's sing it together and worship that. How we thankful the chain has been broken. We're not the slave anymore, but he has a broken the, the, the chain. Is that a way to try to, but he already done that. Brother Ryan, help us to sing this. The journey that we travel is a winding narrow road. And there are times we stumble neath a head.
our God. It's so good to preach to you. It's so good to uh, preach to a life person. This has been after so many months. I'm so thankful the Lord has made this to become possible. And I'm uh, going to be staying here uh, for the rest of the, this week. And hopefully have some uh, long uh, uh, missing a fellowship that are with you all. Uh, I hope you can invite me. <laughs> I hope you can still remember me. But I just love that to be with the sense of God and to talk about Him. Uh, how I love this message of this hour. How this Lord has made Himself become a reality to us. I just pray the Lord to be with you and uh, take this atmosphere with you. Take the presence of God with you as we dismiss and to pray for us and to pray for uh, pray for the needs uh, that amongst us uh, in this body and that uh, in here. So this uh, this is declared a different one that in the Canada side of Brother Milko, Brother Henry, and all that's in need. And we believe a God is a God that answers the prayer. When we pray, we don't believe it just uh, you know randomly just. Um, uh, make it a, uh, a few seconds of the prayer, remembering them, the Lord will know. We believe God will fully restore our brothers and sisters. And may the Lord bless every one of you. Let's bow our head at it again before we dismiss. Our dear Heavenly Father, how my heart is thrilled, Lord, to see my beloved brothers and sisters. Lord, I just pray you bless each one of them. Lord, as they coming over here, they're not just coming here to listen to the word, but they come here to meet you. And I know you are the word. So Lord, I just pray you, Lord, to let the word be rooted in that our brothers and sisters are hard. So even when they go home, Lord, may they pondering on that. Lord, it's not that the word to bind us, but it's the word to release us. It's the word that can deliver us. How we thankful that you send the prophet that can turn our heart. What a turn that he has made. He turned our heart completely around to receive you. So that when you come, call our name, said, follow me. Lord, immediately we dropped it on the net and followed you. Lord, when the situation rise up, that we don't know where to turn. Lord, we say, where should we go? Because you have the word of an eternal life. What a turn that has been made. I'm thinking about what an altar that you have been repaired. That is so that we can sacrifice the Jesus Christ that on that altar. And that a bleeding word become our sacrifice. Lord, we lay hands on that to identify the wizard. And now, Lord, we are a new transformed person. Lord, if there is any person that are going through the trials, which I know that many are. Lord, even myself, the different people, I'm sure, Lord, the Satan, the working of 24 hours. But Lord, how we thank you. You said, he that is in you is greater than the one that is in this world. Lord, you are our anchor. I pray you to be with my brothers and sisters in the rest of the week, in their works, in their schooling. No matter where they go, Lord, may they shine the light of Jesus Christ as their testimony. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, maybe the last we sing the day of Elijah before we go. Let's just sort of worship our Lord a little bit. And before we dismiss the day of Elijah. This is the day of Elijah. Let's sing that all together. Yes. Oh, 
Thank you.